Snack, episode 17. So this week we're doing a, a special. Um, the legendary Gary Vaynerchuk has dropped in to say hello. Um, hello. And what brings you to London, Gary? Um, so I'm on my book tour. Uh, I have a book called Ask Gary V, so I'm on tour. Uh, we're on the verge of uh, officially opening our London office. Mm-hmm. So I'm rolling with Eric and Rice and the crew. Um, so taking business meetings, um, uh, today's really an all business kind of day and then tomorrow I have a book event and uh, yesterday I was in Dublin and uh, off to uh, Los Angeles, which is a nice little schlep from London yeah. on Thursday morning. So just coming through. Have you just been at South by Southwest as well? Yep, just uh, gave a keynote at South by Southwest. Uh, that when was a lot of fun. Home? Uh, one day, one day, one day when it's all over, uh, I'll be home uh, Saturday morning. Actually, Miami, but you know, some with the family. Good, so the family. Yes. Uh, good. So, I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, as we yes. talked about on the last episode, and I uh, had the opportunity to go in and meet the team. And yes. So they explained to me, I'd heard of Vayner. Yep. In the U.S., um, we, had, uh, I think, people understood it as a social shop when you yes. kind of started out. Yes. Hundred percent. But I was really impressed with the team that I met there, and obviously the London team that you've you've got here, because the the scope has broadened yes. a lot. Uh, and so, what as a proposition to London and as an agency, what are you bringing here? You know, I think you know, in our core, we're we're reverse engineers who care about attention, and then trying to tell the proper story to create a result once you have that attention. Yeah. So, you know, I, we, you know, I think currently, and you can see with the kind of body language that I bring to this statement, currently we're positioned as a social first digital shop. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, we want to execute strategies and creative execution and paid amplification in places that we think actually help whomever we work with, whether that's a nonprofit trying to raise money, mm-hmm. whether that's a sporting team trying to sell tickets, whether that's a, a you know, beverage trying to sell in vending machines and C-stores and Tesco. We want to help people spend their money in a place that we think is a valuable place to spend their money. Yeah. And there are so many places that we think clients are spending that are not as valuable. Yeah. Whether that be programmatic banner, whether that be television. We think that there's some places and is that- Is that just instinctively? Or are you, are you kind of, you're analyzing- It's, you instinct, it's instinctively spend. at first. Yeah. And then it's normally proven through actual sales. You know, I come from a retail background. Hmm. So as I've gotten into the agency and creative world, I've found that I have a very big advantage because my instincts are to actually sell something. And that helps versus headlines and awards and reporting. Yeah, and just basic media metrics. Yeah, you know, like just buying reach or coverage or pricing or things like that. So you're you're challenging. People are obsessed with width. We don't debate the quality of an impression. And so, yeah, I mean, as I've become educated over the last seven years, but more specifically last five, on what we're doing here, hmm. you know, who those characters are, Ogilvy's, these kind of names, yeah. um, I've become fascinated uh, by the lack of practicality and practitionership in the collective agency and client side. Yeah. Now, by the way, there's plenty of things that people do that, for example, I believe in real life activations. I believe if done right, it's incredible to activate at Bonnaroo or Coachella or the World Cup. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of places to get attention, not just digital. Mm-hmm. And I think the places I'm obsessed with, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, in five years will be disrupted as well. Yeah. Um, but I like day trading attention. I like doing it for the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Seinfeld's the number one show on television, you buy commercials on it. Yeah. So I don't care where Snapchat or Instagram are going, 
I care that they're underpriced right now. Yeah. And are you, are you, we referred in last week's episode to you as being, as I was saying earlier, as being part of this disruption. Is that something you're very conscious of? Are you talking about the needs and the, the desire for, for VaynerMedia to be disruptive? Because it is going to disrupt the traditional agency model. Like you're growing yeah. phenomenally fast. Yeah, I mean, we're <coughs> expanding internationally. Yeah, I think when people, you know, I think when people, I mean, look, I'm thankful that, you know, I was smiling when you said you had heard of us in the US. I was thankful because, you know, outside of a couple of ad age references, I've been very quiet. I don't think, I don't think people really realize the scope of, mm. you know, what, 650 employees and $100 million run, revenue run rate mm. business. We're, we're a big company now. Yeah. And much bigger than most people in the advertising world think of us or know us as. You know, I've said this a lot. I don't think I'm disruptive. I actually think I'm practical. I think the market is disruptive. I think, I think when you're, for example, we have a lot of clients, and you may as well and others do, that try to sell to people that are under 25 years old. I think running television commercials is disruptive for a 22 year old to buy your bubble gum or your sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I think I'm quite practical. I, re- I recognize why people think we're disruptive. I do think that we have the potential to change the conversation. I do think that we are not passionate about media metrics or awards or headlines the yeah. way a lot of our contemporaries are. I have empathy for why people have been because that's how they get business. Mm-hmm. That's not how we get business. Um, and, it's, and we get business in a very funny way. We get business because I get us business from my history of selling stuff and people mm-hmm. knowing it intimately, not what they read in a fast company. Yep. And then our results, you know, when we grow Sour Patch's business through the roof, when we grow a lot of our ABI clients' business, when we actually grow our business, most of my business right now is word of mouth of brand managers and CMOs going to other places and yeah. desperately wanting to bring us along yeah. because we did something. Yeah, and are they, are they, I asked this question to Eric and Jeff and the team in New York. Are they, are, uh, are, is, are the, the big agencies reacting in a bad way to that? Because you must be stealing. I asked them, like, where are you taking scope from? I still, think, I still think that the big agencies, as you refer to them, are putting us in two buckets. One, oh, that's just little social. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. And, oh, that's just Gary. He's one of these bullshit gurus and there's probably a bunch of interns that he's paying no money to. Mm. They just don't look under the hood. In the same way that they read headlines on PR week and make their assumptions on Snapchat and Facebook, I think they're doing the same thing with VaynerMedia. And that's a nice way to operate. I'd rather be like that. (laughs) I mean, look, that's the market. Underestimated. Then you can over-deliver to the actual you If you go look, and it's fun to have Rebecca here, who, who handles our comms, if you go look at how much has been communicated about me as a human versus the agency in the last 24 months, it, mm. it's 90% me. I'm surprised because you're so shy. <laughs> and you know what's funny, one could say it's narcissistic, it's ego, it's things of that nature. To me it's been quite calculated. Like I've enjoyed people being naive and underestimating what we're doing to the market. Yeah. I have no problem surprising people. Look if they've been respecting it or if they've been naive to it, it would have been regardless because we're gonna execute, we know how to sell stuff and at the end of the day, the Unilevers and the Proctors and the Cokes and the Pepsis and the BMWs, they care about selling at at the end of the day, somewhere. Maybe not your brand manager, maybe not the CMO that needs a headline to get the next CMO job, but somewhere, somewhere, somebody cares and the ironic thing is, usually somebody that's important. That sounds good.
Yeah. So, okay, so Vayner coming in July. Yes. Uh, you were at the a a Masters of Media. I was. Back. So I hear, first off, that you scored the highest of all presenters. Is that true? Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I'm a big time speaker. I also heard that you asked <laughs> for a fee and they said no. That's true. I don't, no like, I, I don't uh, like to speak for free. But Promised went, my wife. It, it went down very well. So what, that, was a, that was a new thing. Was it going to speak to the marketers at that kind of it's, platform? It's t- I'm starting to come, look, I'm doing this show. I'm starting to come out into this world and it's going well because honestly, look, and I already recognize, I'm, I'm self-aware. When you come with, I'm very competitive. Let's start with that. And so that's gonna come through on a speech or in video right now. Like, yes, I wanna beat your agency. That's real, that's just, I'm sorry. But I don't wanna do it at your expense. I want anybody who's good to win. I really do. I love meritocracy, I love capitalism, I like the market. Um, I think it's coming across well because I'm speaking the truth. Meaning, in the same way that I'll be the first person, as I am now, who's saying Twitter's broken, Twitter's a problem, don't spend money on Twitter. After, if I was sitting here in 36 months, Twitter would be the only thing out of my mouth. I think that I have enough of a track record now that people are starting to realize that what I'm obsessed with is being historically correct, not where I'm making my money at the moment. Like, you know, I invested a lot of money into Meerkat. You haven't heard a word from me about Meerkat for the last year, you know why? Because it's not gonna win. Like, I'm not pushing agenda, I'm pushing conversation that benefits us all. If marketing was better, Mm. if media planning wasn't so broad, if all of us tried to sell more products, a lot of us would do better. The industry would be in a better place. And so I want everybody to win. Do I want to build the biggest building in town? Yes. How do I want to do that? By building the biggest building, not by tearing everybody's building down. So I think what I did in that meeting was I said, look, you're acting one way as a human, which means you're not looking at commercials, Mm -hmm. you're not clicking banner ads, but you're marketing all your money in a different way and you're doing that because the whole machine is built on that. And uh, I thought it went well and it was interesting because you know, when you give that talk, the first 15 minutes is awkward. When you go into a room and say, Look, I think because you're not the kind of person normally they get to see because it's relatively conservative, isn't it? As a as a as a environment, you know better than I do. You know, I'm just starting to. I mean, I think everything's conservative, so yeah. probably. Um, yeah, I mean, look, look. There's not a lot of people in Madison Avenue today that had the narrative that I had, which was I first built a 65 million dollar business on the backbone of. Of, of what was considered radical marketing, yeah. e-com in 96, email marketing in 97, Google AdWords the day it started, a YouTube show a couple months after YouTube came out. Yeah. My career is built on what I sell. Yeah. So there's not, most people come up through the world, they become a great account person or a great creative, they team up with a partner and they start a shop. Mm. I came from such a different yeah. angle and I've got such a different point of view that it's, uh, that it's going well and it's got its pluses, it's got its minuses, um, but we're talking along. One of the, I I wasn't able to come to that, I'm going to the next ANA conference in a a month or so. One of the areas that the ANA are really focusing on, as you may or may not be aware, um, and they've commissioned uh, an external company to do an assessment of the media, potential media rebate market in the US. Right, there was a guy who gave a talk at that conference the previous year, John Mandel. Right, who really caused some ruffles. I saw those headlines. That makes sense to me. And the ANA then created a task force to look into that, and then they've hired uh, K2 Intelligence in New York, which is this. Let me let me save everybody a lot of time. Yeah. Of course, that's going like. Whoo, whoo, 
who doesn't know that that's going on? I don't even know the industry and I knew that was going on. Yeah. Not because I knew that was going on in this industry, it's what goes on in every industry. I come from the liquor business, it goes on there. Yeah. Anytime there's big dollars being rewarded on a human to human level, mm. the human that's deciding big dollars yeah. is getting rewarded by the human that's trying to get them in many forms. Bottles of Dom P, getting their kid into Harvard, yeah. taking them to the Super Bowl. Like, what is, like, of course. Yeah, because that's just incentivizing. The, it's incentivizing human beings. The it's in different. human beings now when you've got only three or four big holding companies that drive everything, it becomes even more intense. And so you can, you can see it, obviously, as you say, like across industry, it's the, the yes. doing business. But now you're in the media business. Do yes. you rub up against that? And if you have- you We're still you, small, you know, like, I mean, I think- what create a policy at, at oh, principle? A hundred percent. There's none of, I mean, that is, there's, I am a meritocracist even at my own expense. Hmm. The end. Yeah. Okay. The end. If we're gonna lose a media pitch because, oh, the, oh, I'll use different letters, the XYZ agency girl takes the decision maker to the strip club, then I'd rather lose the business. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that, when you're better, you don't have to play that game. Well, that's good, and, that, and that's, what we, that's what I liked about the narrative that we were hearing from the agency when we, when we went to New York. Um, I hope you continue that in Europe. That's a di- slightly different market. Is there any nuance to the European market yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's the cliche stereotypes that, you know, the U- that, that I'm too US even for US, so the personality may, may rub some people the wrong way. Here's, here's what I know. Look, I was born in Eastern Europe. I grew up in the wine business. I've spent an enormous amount of time in Italy and France and other parts of the world. People are people. Meaning, like, I don't think, yes, do I think there's some cultural differences? Of course. Mm. But do I think the decision maker at Unilever UK market or Toyota UK market or Nestle UK market doesn't want to do, deep, deep down, doesn't want to do the right thing for their business because maybe it was too aggressive? Well, that's fine. I mean, like, I'm, they all know it. They all, I mean, they all really know it. If we lose on something that shouldn't be important, then that's fine by us. So, look, I think every market, marketing, is a tactic to help a transaction happen. We do that extremely well. Um, And I think that that it's gonna go over extremely well in this market. Um, I'll tell you what really is most fascinating to me about the London and general kind of Western Europe market. There's a stunning lack of respect for how well modern digital is doing in this market. When you look at the metrics of Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat in the UK market, it's like kind of weirdly more exciting than the US market. Yeah. I mean, the penetration is at full scale. Yeah. Um, the behavior is quite aged up. Um, I think there's some real big opportunities. I do. Yeah. I, th- I think because the US has so many of the startups start there, there's also that six to 12 month pause. You know, London's an incredible market, so maybe it's a three to six month pause. But and look, I, I, I day trade. Mm. So I'm fast in the US. Having an extra six or 12 months for a UK market or a Dublin market or a Berlin market is really attractive for me. Yeah, good. So finally, before you go, yes. uh, the other thing you're legendary for is to be a, is being a Jets fan. <laughs> we did, uh, back in beginning of February, we did a Super Bowl special in here. And bear in mind, you've met David and yes. I, and we know nothing about, <laughs> about American football. Yes. Uh, and we made some terribly bad predictions at the time. 
uh, if you look at the episode, I don't know if you saw it, but I'm, we had a jet shirt. I love which it. Was a I'm going to go watch it. Small homage to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the inspiration for the. By show. the way, I had an amazing trip here. You know, the Jets played here this last season yes. at Wembley, which I had an amazing time. I came best. Good. So we've got. So what do you know about football? European English Premier. No, just football. American or football. Your stuff. Football. Yeah. Um, not that much. I mean, I watched the World Cup aggressively. I've. It's amazing. The English Premier League has gotten a lot of play in the U.S. over the last 36 months. Yep. You know, I was. I always say that I was should have never left Europe because I'm a crazy Jets fan. Like my respect level for European football, proper football uh, fans, is much higher. Like I like that people potentially can die in the stands. Like this is something I respect right, okay. as a fan. So, I can, I can so what right do I clubs. know? What do I know? I know that um, I know more than I did 24 months ago, but I don't know a whole lot. But I, but I know that um, a lot of American businessmen are trying to buy teams. I, um, I know that, uh, I know that uh, a lot more kids are running around the U.S. with messy jerseys and things of that nature, yeah. um, which I know is more uh, Spanish stuff. And, and you've stuff. got Miami franchise, Beckham's Miami franchise kicking off, I guess. It's yeah, my, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and uh, one of my business partners runs the, interna- the ICC, which is a soccer tournament that has English Premier Leagues tour the U.S., so yeah. I'm a little dangerous. So we've got to, the one thing I wanted to ask you was just to make some predictions because we made some terrible Oh good, let's Super do it, let's do it. Okay. So, so this weekend, yes. uh, our international games, so we don't have league games, this, but we have some internationals. So got it. We have a big rivalry, as you probably know, between Germany and England. Yes, of course. Okay. So we've Couple got, world wars, you know, no big deal. It's, there's, still <laughs> a lot that, there's still a lot going on there. There so, should be. Uh, we've, so Germany, England. That's intense shit. What do yes. you reckon? What do you reckon? Germany and England. in Germany, I think. I think Germany will win. Give me a score. Uh, two to one. Two to one. Okay, we'll hold you to that. And I'm just going to look up actually because Belarus. Are that was play. tough to say. Here. <laughs> that was, that, talk <laughs> about wanting to be historical. That was harder for me to tell than to tell an entire room of marketers that they're all crooks and they're all full of shit. Really? That was harder to say. Two to one, Germany. I'm sorry. Okay. And then the other one I was, was going to ask you. Uh, I'll be rooting for England, and that is not even close, by the way. Belarus. Belarus will lose. Belarus. Oh, in everything, since it's the last dictatorship. Away at Armenia. Armenia is going to win 6 nothing. You reckon? I reckon yeah. only, you know Belarus is the last dictatorship in all of Europe. Really? Unless you want to count Russia. Yeah. Yeah. That is much. I'm for, uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, thank you for that. Good thank luck. Uh, best of luck with the book. I think we might see you tomorrow night at the Oh, it will be awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And, thank uh, you for good coming. luck with you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. All right, great. It's gonna be tough to open up a Russia office after that kind of comment. Uh, do you want to do that soon? Oh, that's it. No, that's fine. Uh, that's it for this week. That's it for yeah. yeah let's do it. No worries. Sorry, do your thing. Man. Do your thing. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe to the channel and uh, have a great weekend. Great weekend. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. No, it's it's a lot of fun. I'll make sure I share this out. Get you some real subscriptions. I made you